Welcome to our online service for Renewal. My name is Adri, and I'm so glad you're spending time with us today. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jared and our worship team. We hope that you leave encouraged and changed for the better. Before that, I'd like to share a few ways that you can get connected during and after service. During the service, you can engage with others in our online community by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from, sending likes when you hear something you agree with, requesting prayer, following along with the message notes, or filling out the connection card at any time. Keep a lookout for the online hosts because they'll share helpful information and get you whatever you need. We're here to help you grow and to take the next right step. So be sure to fill out the online connection card so we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. If you'd like to give, you can go to renewalchurchboston.com give to give at any point. We believe the church is God's people gathered and we're excited to see God work in and through you. Our worship team is about to start. And after the talk from Pastor Jared, I'll be back to share more about next steps. Enjoy the service. Hey, Renewal Church, thanks for joining us today. Let's worship. We're heaven's fun creation, it's pride and adoration, treasures woven by his love. His careful hands they hold us safe within his promise of calling and of destiny sing that again we're heaven's fun creation pride and adoration treasures woven by his love his careful hand they hold us we're safe within his promise Calling and of destiny And I will sing now All you
wasn't It wasn't a day That you weren't by my side It wasn't a day That you let me fall In all of my life Your love has been true With all of
children we have no reason to be afraid God I pray that you help us to live in that daily especially in times like this that you help us to live with no fear because we are your children in Jesus name amen Welcome to Renewal. We're so glad that you could join us today. Before Pastor Jared comes and shares a brief message with us, we have a couple of announcements. One of my favorite things that I get to do here at Renewal is lead a community group. So last week, we uh, were able to share in some of the struggles that we're experiencing, pray for each other, and just keep pointing each other to Jesus. And so if you're not part of a group yet, uh, but are looking for that way to really build your faith and, and meet other people and join other people in sharing about what's going on in your life, we encourage you to sign up for our online community group. It meets once a week, just for an hour, Tuesdays from seven to eight. And so if you are interested in joining, please sign up using the connection card and we hope that you will uh, take the time and join us. And if you find that maybe it's not for you, it's okay, we won't make you come back. After the uh, service today, we are having an after party on Zoom. And so if you want a reason to smile, if you want to see some familiar faces, meet some new people, uh, we would love to see you there just for a few minutes uh, to check in, say hi, and see some fun people. Uh, before Pastor Jared joins us to share a message on overcoming fear, let's go ahead and spend some time in prayer. God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to come together and to worship you, God, to learn more of who you are, learn more of who you are calling us to be, God. We thank you so much that you are a God who provides, a God who loves us, who comforts us, who heals us, God, and who promises to never leave us or forsake us. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you open our minds, open our hearts to receive the message that you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Hi, I'm Jared Kirk. Thank you for joining us online for Renewal Church. You know, we're looking forward to seeing you in person when quarantine is over, and I hope we get the chance to make that happen. Today, we're talking about overcoming fear in our series, Overcoming, and fear can be very powerful in your life. When I was in middle school, I was what they used to call a latchkey kid, and they don't really use that phrase anymore, but what it means is this. Your parents are off working, and when you get off school, you come home, you go to the house, and nobody's in the house there with you. So I would have to do this, but I hated it, so I would go around the neighborhood and just get into trouble. So my mom said, no more of this. When you come home after school, you have to go home in that house alone. But the problem was, I was terrified because I thought there was a murderer in my house that was going to kill me. So I came up with a solution. Every day when I got home, I would go into the kitchen and I would grab the biggest knife in the kitchen that I could find. And then I would go through every single room in my house. I would go into every bedroom, every bathroom. I would look behind every shower curtain just to make sure there was no murderer in the house. And when I was convinced that every room in the house was clear, I would go back to the living room. I would watch Bill Nye the Science Guy with a giant murderous kitchen knife in my hand. I'm just glad no one ever threw me a surprise party because it could have been bad. But I was terrified out of my skull, but I still found a way to obey my mom somehow. You know, fear can be so powerful in your life. Most of us still have those kind of visceral fears and uh, even in the workplace, fear can be a serious issue. I saw a study of 1,800 office workers internationally that was just kind of sad. Let me share with you some of what they found about fear. They said 25% worry excessively about sending an email to the wrong person. Now, that one I get because I've done that before and everybody hates when that happens. But listen to these. 21% are concerned that they will inexplicably turn up an inappropriate website during an internet search at work. And I think, oh, come on. I don't know about that one. But look at this last one. This is the one that was just so sad to me. 11% are afraid of using the copy machine. That's just sad. If you can't use the copy machine, you don't need to be working in an office. But fear can paralyze us. Fear can ruin our productivity. And fear can have much bigger implications in your life than that. You know, it could be that you're supposed to be getting out there into the world. Maybe not right now during quarantine, but fear is holding you back. It could be that you're supposed to be going on this new adventure that God has for you, but fear keeps you at home. It could be that you're supposed to be meeting new people and starting that relationship this year. Again, safely socially distanced, but it's just fear is holding you back. Or it could be that you're supposed to start a new business or go back to school or do that new thing that God has called you to do, but fear is keeping you home. Fear is keeping you paralyzed. Fear can keep you from stepping into what God has for you. And this is so true when it comes to faith. You know what we're talking about? I'm so passionate about this because what we're talking about today has the, has the power to unleash the, the power of the church in our city, if we can overcome fear and step into what God has for us. Because I really believe this, that God will use even timid people if they just have enough faith to trust him. If they have just enough faith to obey, you don't need to be this big, bold, courageous person. You don't have to put on our, our society. They do this thing where it's like ultimate manhood or they do fierce womanhood. Or you have to pretend that you're so bold and so courageous. No, God will use anybody. You don't have to be a leader. You don't have to be brave. You can be scared out of your mind. If you just have enough faith to obey him, God will do incredible things through that. 
Because really, God is the one who overcomes and God is the one who fights our battles. And if you understand this principle in your life, it will bring you closer to God, it will grow your trust in God, and it will increase the kind of impact you make in your world as you take those steps of faith forward with God. Now, so to learn how to overcome fear, we're going to turn in our Bibles to Joshua chapter 6, and there we're going to find a man named Gideon. Now, we're in our series called Overcome, just believing that God is going to overcome everything we're going through. In the middle of quarantine, in the middle of coronavirus, we believe this is the battle God is going to fight for us, and God is going to overcome. But even in the midst of God doing that huge work, God is invested in you, in your life, and he wants to help you overcome the battles you are facing as well. Jesus said it like this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And today we're focusing on one of the greatest challenges of quarantine, and that is fear. Now, when we encounter Gideon in um, Joshua chapter 6, excuse me, Judges chapter 6, he was a guy who his whole nation was living in fear. And God wanted to do something about it. Instead of worshiping God, the Israelites had been worshiping Baal and Asherah. They, they were Canaanite gods. And as a result, God had sent the Midianite nation into Israel and the Israelites had fled. They were living it. Everyone was in fear. Everything was in turmoil. And God wants to turn things around. So he sends an angel to Gideon to call Gideon to rescue this people. Like God has a mission for you, Gideon. God has something incredible for you to do. But Gideon is plagued with fear. Here are some of Gideon's fears. In verse 13, fear of abandonment. In verse 15, fear of inadequacy. In verse 17, fear of failure. And in verse 27, fear of people, what the Bible might also call fear of man. And so fear was holding Gideon back from stepping into this new thing that God had for him. Now, it wasn't just Gideon. The entire nation of Israel was living in fear and everything for them was in turmoil. In verse two, it says this, the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. And so they were so terrified that they were running away. They're no longer able to farm, which means they can't provide for themselves. And this went on for seven years for them. But things start to turn around in their story when God, when God comes to Gideon and he says, I have a smaller task for you to accomplish, Gideon. You see, the first task uh, was not rescuing Israel. The first task was something much smaller. Let's take a look at what it was and how God is going to set the people free and free from fear and help them to uh, step into his calling for them. Starting in Judges 6.25. That same night, the Lord said to him, this is Gideon. Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. And so God, before Gideon is going to rescue the nation of Israel, he's going to start 
by addressing the root cause of Israel's catastrophe, which is their sin at home. He says, before you can rescue Israel, you need to, uh, you need to establish right worship in your dad's home and in your village. And it's so true that it is often harder to go home and face people at home and challenge things or change things at home than it is to move out into the world in strength and in power. You know, if you're gonna follow God, one of the hardest things you'll ever have to do is to challenge your family's notions of success. That's when it gets hard to follow God. It, when you decide, you know, uh, my faith in God is going to cause me to choose a different profession than what my family thinks is acceptable, that's when it gets difficult. When you say, the way that I handle money is going to be different than the way my family thinks about money, that's when it gets difficult. When you think, the way who I'm going to marry and how my relationships are going to look are going to be different, and how I deal with anger and conflict is going to be different than how my family does, that's when it gets so hard to follow God. And so I think there's a real logic to God sending Gideon home first. Right? Before he can remove the symptoms of the Midianite in the land, he has to cut out the cancer of idol worship that has started in his own home. And look what happens. Verse 27. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. I, there's something so just fascinating about this to me, right? That you think heroes from the Bible, heroes of faith, they're like, I'm going to obey God. I don't care what people say. I'm just going to do. And it's like, here we have Gideon who's like, I, I'm scared, but I'm going to find a way to obey anyway. And Gideon had good reason to be scared. Not only was he going back home to confront his own family, but he was, he was putting himself in serious danger. Baal was the Canaanite god of thunderstorms, which also think about means rain. And Asherah was the Canaanite god of fertility, which means children. So you think about this. If you could just for a second put yourself in the mind of an agrarian farmer 3,000 years ago, it's like, how do you do that? Right? But what's most important to you? It's, it's, I need it to rain so that we can have crops, so that we can all live, so that we can eat. And I want to have children so that I can pass on my name and so that they can help me work on the farm. And the more children I have, the, the more protected my clan will be and the stronger we will be. So like the two most important things in my life are... Uh, will it rain so I can eat? And will I have children so that we can be safe and provided for? And you would have been taught from the time you were born that if you want to eat, you need to make sacrifices to Baal. And if you want to have children, you need to make sacrifices to Asherah. Now, Gideon was told, go tear down Baal's altar and cut up the Asherah pole, turn the wood of it into fuel for the sacrifices for your creator God. And so when the people from the town saw that, they would become furious and enraged because Gideon was actually taking away their ability to have children and provide for themselves, angry enough even to kill him. Gideon's afraid, but he finds a way to obey. Look at how the story ends. Verse 28, In the morning, when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar, demolished with the Asherah pole beside it, 
cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. Skip ahead to the end of the the story with me in verse 34. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abiezrites to follow him. So once Gideon obeys, the spirit of the Lord comes on him. Now the spirit of the Lord is the same as the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And in the Old Testament, the spirit of the Lord comes on people or is given to people to help them accomplish a specific task. But after Jesus comes, things get way better than that. The Holy Spirit is given to every person who turns from their sin to put their trust in Jesus and wants to have a relationship with God. And you're given the Holy Spirit, which is another way of saying that it's to say you have God's personal presence with you. God is with you through everything and in everything, giving you the strength and the power that you need to live a different kind of life. Gideon needs the Spirit of the Lord in order to rescue the Israelites. But catch this, because this is so huge. He doesn't get what he needs until he has completed that first step of obedience. Isn't that amazing? There's this rhythm of the life of faith that's being played out in Gideon's life, that's played out in all of our lives too. It's the rhythm of God shows up with grace. And then you take a step of obedience, and then he blesses you. It's it's grace, obedience, blessing. Grace, obedience, blessing. Grace, obedience, blessing. And it's still happening in our lives too. God works through Gideon and gives him what he needs. And here's the greatest blessing of obedience. The greatest blessing you get is not wealth, it's not favor or status. The greatest blessing you get from obeying God is that your faith in God increases. You get more of God. Your trust in God grows. Because it's one thing to hear like, oh, I should, I should trust God, that would be good. It's a whole nother thing to learn experientially that when I take a step of faith, that there's risk involved in it, but I trust God and I go out on a limb and I take a step of faith, that he's there for me, he meets me there and he blesses me for it. And then your trust grows and you are ready for the bigger thing God has called you to do. Jesus talked about this. He says, if you're faithful in little things, God will give you bigger things. There's another verse in the Bible that says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Because if you're faithful in little, you'll be set over much and God prepares you for that. So listen, here's what you've got to leave here with today. You don't have to be a big, bold, courageous person. You don't have to put on bravado or pretend to be something you're not. If you are afraid, you just have to find a way to obey. You need faith the size of a mustard seed and you move forward in faith and God meets you there. Now there's one person in our church that I think does this better than anybody else. And uh, I don't wanna share too much of her story with you. I wanna let her share her own story. I sat down with her on a Zoom call this week and I'd like to share that with you now. Hey, Nicole, thank you for joining me today. Hi, everyone. So good to be here. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Nicole works with us at the church on staff. She is an incredible blessing to everybody. But as I've gotten to know her over the last couple of years, I realized, you know, Overcoming fear has been a big part of her story, and she's done that so well that I was hoping that she could share a little bit of that with you guys today. So, Nicole, why don't you start off by sharing with people, um, how has overcoming fear been a part of your story in your past? Yeah, I would love to share. Um, 
fear has been, definitely been a big part of my story and my testimony of just what God has done in my life. Um, about 10 years ago, I was just facing some really severe anxiety to the point where I almost thought like I wasn't going to be able to start my sophomore year of high school. So I had these really like deep rooted fears of like a loss of control where my life felt very just chaotic and out of control and these fears of myself and who I was and what if people like really saw what I'm like and just all these fears that kind of bubbled up to, to some like paralyzing anxiety. So um, it's really been a part of my story. Yeah. And so like the contrast is between who you were back then and who you are today, just obviously just like huge change in your life. So I was hoping you'd share with people, what are some of the most practical things you've learned about overcoming fear in your journey along the way? Yeah. Um, I would say one of the, like the biggest things that has helped me is just knowing that feelings aren't facts. And that sounds kind of obvious and, um, maybe even silly, but even just to know that, okay, I struggle with fear and anxiety and sometimes that is a little off in me. So I don't, that can be a good thing to kind of signal like, oh, I'm in danger, but it, it typically doesn't for me. It's typically something that's like, I feel out of control. So I feel afraid or I feel anxious and God is in control. So I don't need to be feeling that. So I can just recognize that my fear isn't always based it's usually not based in something that is factual or um, that I need to be afraid of. So that's the first thing that's been super helpful. Um, and the second thing has, has really been, which has been key, has just been relying on the promises of God and knowing um, just that he's called me to be someone that doesn't walk in fear. And I've also noticed how my fear has affected um, just other parts of my life of not being able to love people well. And by recognizing that, it's really helped me to trust God more because sometimes it can feel easy to get caught up in, in what the fear is telling me and, and to just kind of shut down. But that's not, um, it's not protecting myself. It's not helping other people. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, with quarantine right now and coronavirus, if you tend to be someone who's, who deals with fear and anxiety. It must be really tough right now. But um, I think my last question is just, what's the biggest thing you've learned? I mean, like, what do you hold on to right now when mm -hmm. things that are, you know, maybe, maybe they should cause a little bit of fear, some healthy, some healthy fear. You know, what's the biggest thing you've learned about overcoming fear? Yeah. Um, well, I'd love to share this verse that I, I came across this week um, from Matthew um, seven, and it's where Jesus talks about kind of like the wise and like the foolish builder who build their house on the rock or the sand. And it's um, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And what really stood out to me when I read that this week was in both situations, the rains came, whether you're built on the sand or on the rock, 
there are going to be struggles and trials in this life and facing them without Jesus is so much harder. Um, so I've been really trying to rest on that rock because this has been just really challenging to um, my anxiety. Um, but knowing that no matter what happens, that there is a God who's in control and a God who promises to work everything out for good. And just in my life, I've seen that even though I've gone, in, gone to a place where everything seemed terrible. And then a couple of years later, I was able to look back and see, wow, God really was working even in that. And I didn't see it and I didn't feel it, but he was working. And I have really been able to look at what he did in my life in the past and know that he is going to do that here on just a much bigger scale. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, thank you for sharing that. I think God's going to use that to help someone in the same exact position today. So thanks for joining us. Can't wait till we can all get back together and everybody can see you again and me too. And it's going to be a good day. Yes, I can't wait. All right, see you later. Thanks, Jared. I'm so thankful to Nicole for sitting down with me this week and she has been such a blessing to our entire church and we're so thankful to have her as a part of our church family. So as we wrap up our time together here, let me remind you of kind of some core truths and we're gonna talk about how we can apply this to everyday life. Here's what I wanna make sure you leave with. When I am afraid, I find a way to obey. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be bold or courageous. You don't have to be a leader. You just have to find a way to obey. And the incredible thing about our God is he's so merciful, he's so gracious that when he looks at us, he says, I'll take it. That's good enough. You know, he doesn't need us to be more than we are. He just needs us to do what we've been asked. So here's a couple of practical ideas for what this could look like during quarantine. Ready? Here we go. First of all, when I'm afraid, I worship God. You know, it's possible that one of the reasons you have so much fear in your life right now is that you don't have a relationship with God. God is strong, he's powerful, he's in control. And when you know him, it reduces fear in your life. In Gideon's life, the first thing he was told by God to do is to go rebuild the altar of God so that you can sacrifice on it, so that you can worship God. And maybe you haven't been worshiping God, right? Maybe you've been worshiping comfort or money or position or status. And now that so many of those things are crumbling away, you realize... I put my trust in the wrong things. But if you start a relationship with God and put your, your top trust, your number one trust in God, then he brings peace into your life and he starts to eliminate fear in your life. One of the reasons why is that when you worship God, your focus is pulled off of yourself and off of your circumstances onto a strong God. And God loves you. He made you. You're one of his kids. God wants to have a relationship with you. You're actually created for that. And so at the end of the message today, I'm going to pray and just give you a chance to say, God, I want a relationship with you through your son, Jesus. I want to know you. I want to follow you. I need something bigger in my life. I can't just live for me. I need to worship you. And so I'll give you the chance to do that. We're going to pray at the end of the service. You can join me in that. But here's another way that you can find a way to obey. When I'm afraid of going out, I find a way to reach out. We've heard incredible stories from renewers over the last several weeks of keeping the social distancing regulations, but finding a way to reach out. You know, God has a purpose for you in life. And part of that is reaching out to your friends and neighbors and family members and being a blessing to them and sharing the hope that you found in Jesus. 
Uh, Heather and I got the chance to take nine rolls of toilet paper up the hill to a friend of ours. We heard about someone dropping off cookies outside someone's house when they were going to work in the field hospital for COVID-19 patients. Uh, just this last week, someone texted me and said, hey, come outside. I come outside and they said I wanted to help you get through quarantine. They had left on my car cold brew coffee and a book to help me get through quarantine. It was a drive-by blessing. And we've just seen so many people say, you know what? I can keep the social distancing regulations, but fear is not gonna hold me back. So when I'm afraid of going out, I find a way to reach out. We've heard of people inviting people to watch these online services in other states and other countries, and people finding a relationship with God and finding peace and joy in Jesus just because someone reached out to them even when they couldn't get out. Here's another way you could obey even when you're afraid. When I'm afraid of financial failure, I find a way to be generous. This one's huge. And again, I have been shocked by the generosity of our church during this time. And listen, our church is always generous. But I mean, there are people who they're worried they could lose their jobs, they could get furloughed, they could get laid off, or they have been laid off, or they can't find a job, who are still being generous because they just believe God's gonna take care of them. And so, you know, if you are worried, I think it's so important to find a way to be generous. Even if it means, you know what, when I go to the grocery store, I'm gonna pick up an extra thing of peanut butter for my name, like whatever it is, that you just find a way to be generous. Because here's one of the things I know, that when you have a relationship with God and you lead the way in generosity, you are inviting God into your finances. You are saying, God, I want you to be involved in my finances. And he makes sure that you have what you need to live and more than what you need to live so you can continue to share and be generous. That's just a promise from God's word. So when I'm afraid of financial failure, I find a way to be generous. And I should say here too, that the, we have a, a fund set up. It's called the Coronavirus uh, Relief Fund and Benevolence. And if you give to that, 100% of that goes external of the church. And we have been using it. So if you'd like to continue to give, we continue to give lots of grocery gift cards, lots of deliveries of groceries, Chromebooks to kids who need, how to, who need help to learn for school. Just, there's just all kinds of needs we've been meeting as a church that you've been meeting as a church. And so if you'd like to continue to give to that, the elders make those decisions together, but all that money goes external to the church. Here's another one. When I'm afraid of being alone, I find a way to connect. That's another way that even when you're afraid, you can find a way to obey. When I'm afraid of being alone, I find a way to connect. You know, those of you who were in a community group before all this started, it suddenly became clear to you, didn't it, that it was good that you had community built into your life. And like most of the community groups in our church have a 100% attendance rate right now because there's something really powerful about getting together online with other people and just having some time where you just talk about life or your marriage or relationships or family and you're not focused on the virus and you're not watching the news and just having these people pour into you and you pour into them, it's beautiful. But if you're not connected into community, I bet you're feeling that really strongly right now. And we set up an online community group that just started that meets on Tuesday nights at seven o'clock. And Ken Gilming, one of our elders, hosts it. He's one of the most gifted shepherds I've ever met in my entire life. If you've met Ken, you like Ken. He's just a great guy. And if you wanna join that, you could show up one time just to see how it goes. And if you're still in your Jamie's shoot, you can leave your camera off. But you can sign up for that on the online connection card and find some community in your life to connect with other people and just get the support and the love and the care that you need to have people praying for you who know about you, who love you. So church, this is what it comes down to. 
When I'm afraid, I find a way to obey. You don't have to have a larger than life personality. You don't have to feel brave. You don't have to feel courageous. You just need faith the size of a mustard seed and God will take it and he'll do incredible things with it. Now I promised that if you wanted to start a relationship with God today, I would pray a prayer at the end of the service and you could join me. And so that's what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna pray a prayer asking Jesus to be the forgiver of my past, the leader of my life, and for God to come into my life because I wanna worship him and not myself or the things around me. And if God's leading you to that today, why don't you pray with me? Let's pray. God, I believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross. And I believe that he rose from the dead. So would you be my forgiver and my leader? God, I don't want to live for me. I want to live for you. And to be honest, I need your help to deal with this fear in my life. Would you give me peace? I put my life in your hands and I want to live for you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, You have started a relationship with God and it changes everything for you. So I want to encourage you, make sure you fill out the online connection card and check the box that says, I'm choosing to trust in Jesus today. Well, that's it, church. I hope you'll join me next week. We're going to be talking about overcoming discouragement and we've got some cool special things lined up for you in that. Um, Actually, no, you know what? Next week, it's overcoming fear of financial failure. And we're going to leave that in the video so that I don't have to reshoot this entire thing. I love you guys. I will see you next week for overcoming fear of financial failure. God bless. I hope that throughout the service, you were able to learn, grow, and be strengthened in your faith. If this was helpful for you, consider inviting a friend to join you online next week through a text message before the service starts. Before you go, we'd like to remind you to fill out the online connection card so we can stay connected throughout the week. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, we want you to know that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. If you want to learn more about starting a relationship with God, click the button for prayer requests and one of our hosts will be with you. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you next week. May God continue blessing you and showing you more of his love, presence, and grace.